When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week, opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we'll bring you a short form podcast, either as a book club discussion with a beloved YA author, or a look at two excellent backlist YA books for your TBR. I'm Eric Smith, and I'm joined today by Katie Katungo. Actually, Katie, am I saying your last name right? You are very close. It's Katugno. Katugno. Okay. (laughs) You are closer than Um, most people get, so... (laughs) Um, and today's episode brings you two great books from the Young Adult Backlist, books that are at least a year old. And uh, hi, welcome, Katie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yes, thank you for coming on here. Today's sponsor is Humanity's Gauntlet, The Arkans Rise by Brian A. Sateski. Humanity is under siege. Simultaneous attacks of unknown origin against government leaders around the world have shaken society to its core. Foundations such as democracy, rule of law, and long-held alliances will be tested in this stark new reality. This story follows America on its path to take on this never-before-seen global calamity. Beginning with deciding how to rapidly address the vacuum of power, be ready to take action, and also bring the culprits responsible for the heinous attacks to justice. The task may be insurmountable as the responsible party possesses unheard technology, implying the vents are otherworldly. And that is Humanity's Gauntlet, The Arkans Rise by Brian A. Sateski. So here on the, the Heyway podcast, I, I feel like Kelly and I have talked about you quite a bit. Oh, good thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've probably talked about fireworks on here uh, way too many times, and I really adored the sort of high-fidelity-esque vibes I got from Top Ten and going oh, through those you. lists. Yeah, so you have a lot of books out there. Um, what is like the Katie starter pack oh my for like, listeners who are looking to dive into you and your books? Yeah. Um, so I am the author of seven uh, messy, complicated feminist love stories. So if you're looking for more of those in your life, I might suggest you start with top 10, um, which you just mentioned. Um, it's about a pair of very unlikely best friends who are maybe more. And it chronicles that maybe moreness in non-chronological order. Um, The other one that you might want to check out is 99 Days, which is probably my most popular and also my most controversial book. Um, It's about a girl who finds herself the hypotenuse in a love triangle involving two brothers. And there's a sequel to that one, right? There is. It's called Nine Days and Nine Nights. Yes, look, we got a YA duology from Katie. That's excellent. And you have a new book that like just published this spring, uh, Rules for Being a Girl, and it's it's written alongside an author I feel like a lot of our listeners have probably heard about. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about this new book and and how this all came about? Yeah, um, so I I co-wrote Rules for Being a Girl with um, the legendary Candace Bushnell of Sex and the City fame. Um, it's about a girl named Marin who is kind of cruising blithely along in her own privilege. Um, she's one of those girls who probably say that like she doesn't need feminism um, because she herself has had a pretty easy time of things. 
Uh, and then she has a weird and scary and confusing encounter with um, this guy who is everyone's favorite teacher at school. This guy, Bex, he teaches English. He's real hip. He loves Bernie Sanders, loves Bon Iver. And she kind of quickly realizes that she didn't know what she didn't know. So the novel follows her unpacking what happened. You know, should she tell people? Should she report him? What happens if he retaliates? Along with her own sort of broader feminist awakening as she has her eyes opened to kind of all the injustices and double standards, the rules for being a girl, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And how did it come about that you got to write a book with that, like, I don't know, legend? (laughs) Yeah. uh, So Candace and I actually have the same editor for our YA books. So we were both with Alessandra Balzer at Balzer and Bray. Candace had written The Carrie Diaries a few years ago, and you know, which was turned into a show on, I believe, The CW. Um, and she was looking to, you know, put her next YA book together. And you know, it had been a while, so she was sort of, sort of trying to read more broadly in in the genre. And Alessandra um, had sent her my books, and she sent me an email, which was like, you know, like getting an email from an actual famous person. It was. It was bonkers. Um, and, you know, we started talking and it was right as all this sort of Me Too stuff was really exploding. Um, and, you know, feminism and double standards and slut shaming and, and sexual harassment are all kinds of things that I've really dug into in my work and that she has also dug into in her work. And it just sort of – it happened weirdly organically, which sounds strange to say um, because she is who she is. But it was it was a really fun experience to, and such a masterclass in in writing and voice and character development to work with her. That's so cool. It really oh was. It was and, fun. and that's not your only book out this year, right? You have, what's the deal with You Say It First? Yeah. So this is a big year for me. I've got um, – so Rules just came out and then uh, You Say It First comes out in June. Um, the pitch for You Say It First was You've Got Mail for Donald Trump's America. It's about a girl named Meg who is a, she's a real type A gunner. Um, She's got this great boyfriend. She and her best friend, she's a senior, and she and her best friend had this plan to go to Cornell together in the fall. She lives in this sort of Tony Philadelphia suburb, and she's super politically active. She phone banks at a voter registration call center. So she's out to change the world, and she's very secure in her own place in it. She's very confident in her own ability to like make the world better. And then she's at work one night, and she makes a call. She's looking for a middle-aged guy in Ohio. And she calls his landline and she gets his son. And Colby is – so the question as I was putting this book together was like, is it possible to write a sympathetic Republican in the year 2020? Um, and he is – he's sort of one of those guys who doesn't think – he's very disaffected. He doesn't think that voting matters. He thinks the process is ridiculous and corrupt and, you know, it doesn't have any bearing on his life. So they get into this sort of debate over the phone. And he really sort of bests her and challenges her and, you know, makes her – he just really sort of gets the better of her. And so at the end of the conversation, she's, like, very flustered. And she's like, you know what? Like, I, I don't need to talk to you. I just need to talk to your dad. Can you put your dad on the phone? Um, and he says to her – this is not a spoiler. It's the very beginning of the book. You can't talk to my dad. My dad killed himself in our garage last year and hangs up on her. And she's, you know, horrified. She's mortified. And it's like her entire – life and worldview has changed over the course of this 10-minute conversation. So she calls him back and it really sort of unfolds from there. And, you know, it's this question of, you know, first you think they're too different and then it's like maybe they're not actually that different. Maybe we're all a little bit the same. But then at the end, like, I know as we get deeper into the book, they are just really different. So it's about Mm -hmm. how the people who are the most different from us can sometimes change our lives the most. Oh, wow. That sounds intense. Oh, my goodness. It was a blast to write. It was probably the most 
you know, when you're working, I mean, you're a writer, you know, like when you're working on something and you're like, am I smart enough to write this book? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it was a blast to work on. Wow. It's two books in two months. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. And like, obviously there's nothing else going on in the world right now. So like, it's totally fine. Well, yeah, it's cool. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a great time to launch two books. <laughs> Well, now we're at the part of the episode where we talk about what we've been reading lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so do remember, listeners, that we record these extra credit episodes a little in advance, so you might hear a recommendation now that I claim to have been finished reading in, like, a past episode. Um, <laughs> I apologize. But on the day of this recording, um, so I'm finishing up The Lightness of Hands by, by Jeff Garvin. I think that's also a Balzer and Bray book. I'm not sure. I, I know think, it's, yeah, it sounds familiar. I think it might be. Right now. Yeah, and it's just this like really wonderful uh, YAY contemporary about um, about mental health, family, and like the links we go to help the people we love, even when we even when they maybe don't want that help, uh, and how to know when that help is actually welcome. So there's <laughs> there's a lot of a lot, lot of stuff about whether or not you should be helping someone, whether or not they actually need it. And um, I feel like I'm just talking a big circle, but no, it sounds good. teenager who is the daughter of a once famous now failed magician. Um, and she's planning her father's comeback in order to get their family out of this financial ruin that they're in now as a result of his very public um, failure of a large trick. And all of this is to be able to afford their medication again. Oh, wow. um, only the dad doesn't really know what she's up to. And I, I just really love it. I'm, I'm such a sucker for like novels where like the the kids are sort of parenting the parent, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yes. I feel like that's a lot of what's happening there. And I just, I just really love Jeff's writing. And it's such a uh, such an interesting hook on talking about mental illness and family uh, with a magician. I love it. What's <laughs> um, not to like? <laughs> yeah. And then I finally started reading um, The Fire Never Goes Out which is Noelle Stevenson's memoir. Oh, um, yeah. She's the writer behind Nimona and Lumberjanes and just, like, so many viral Tumblr images yes. that make me so, so happy. <laughs> uh, that's really exciting to get my hands on this. Um, it's about her journey to where she is through essays and small comics, and I'm just taking my sweet time with it because it's, I don't know, it's just I, I need these kind of books that make me happy during this yeah. super moment that we're in. Um, what about you, Katie? What are you, what are you reading lately? So... I have been having a very difficult time sort of sinking into anything. And so what I'm reading now is like very much not my usual fare. Um, I'm reading um, The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson. Um, it's a nonfiction book about the Blitz in London during World War II. Um, I feel like Eric Larson, like in the Venn diagram of like books that I would like and that my father-in-law would like, like that's – it's Eric Larson at the – in the middle. <laughs> Um, but the last, um, the last YA I read that I loved was, um, Iva Marie, it was an, um, an arc. It was Iva Marie Palmer's Give Me Everything You Got, which comes out this summer, I believe. It is about a high school, a girls high school soccer team in the 1970s. And it's amazing. It's so good. It has sort of like Siobhan Vivian, like We Are the Wildcat vibes, but it's a little bit raunchier. It's comedic. It is warm. It's got like these amazing female friendships. It was really wonderful. That's awesome. I just, I have a copy of We Are the Wildcats. Kelly was raving about it. I can't wait to finally dig into that one. Yeah, Siobhan's amazing. She's the best. Yeah. So usually when we have a guest on here, we try to do some like, at least I try to do like read-alikes for their books. I love that. Um, when it comes to backlist picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when I was thinking, uh, right away, I thought of like, hey, why favorite Amy Spaulding and uh, the new guy and other senior year distractions as my, my backlist pick. I love um, it. 
I know it's it's so great. It's such a fun book. Um, and I feel like I've said it so many times. I think it's like one of the funniest YA contemporary novels that like exist. I'm genuinely afraid nothing in like a YA novel will ever make me laugh as hard as the passive aggressive dog walking. <laughs> that happens in that book. Like, oh, so, so funny. Um, and anyhow, like I know in the rules for being a girl, the main character works at the school paper. Yes. Um, and then in the new guy, we meet this teenager who is just, just obsessed with keeping her school paper alive. Um, she sees it as this like legacy thing. She can't be the last one to helmet. Print needs to survive. But video is taking over in the school, and this former boy band star uh, enrolls in the school and starts taking over the. Uh, he starts appearing in all like the YouTube esque news content, and it's it's making things a little hard for her. Uh, the guy who runs the paper is kind of getting a little more excited about about new media, uh, and to make things worse, they're falling for each other, and there's just this. I don't know. I feel like it's it's even though it's like not about publishing and not about books. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's a book person's book because of the whole print versus digital thing that's yes. happening in the story. And it's just this like rivals to lovers to enemies to lovers rom com, and so it just ah, makes me so happy. <laughs> What about you? What's a, what's one of your backlist picks? Yeah. Um, so in terms of read-alikes for uh, Rules for Being a Girl, um, a book that came to mind for me was um, Jennifer Matu's Moxie, which came out a couple of years ago. It is about a girl who is inspired by her mom's riot girl past uh, to start a feminist revolution at her high school. Jennifer is one of my – she's one of my favorite YA authors, and she's just also one of my favorite humans. Um, and she has such a keen observational eye and such a great – like voice for character. And this book in particular is so like it is so cinematic. It has which is great because I um Amy Poehler is uh making a movie of it. So um yeah. yeah. Um it has like the kind of ending that like makes you want to stand up in your chair and like just cheer. Um I love that one. Awesome. And I know Kelly is a huge fan of that book. I feel like I feel like when that movie hits, we're gonna end up doing like an episode just on like yes. watching it <laughs> together. And for my second pick I don't know, I was I was thinking about uh, other like hey YA favorites since mm-hmm. I I talked about Amy and then and then you're on here and I feel like that's like Maureen Gu I know we we've talked about her books quite a bit mm-hmm. um, and I really loved uh, the way you make me feel uh, I've been wanting to read like a a YA book with a food truck in it like for the longest time and then that perfect book popped up <laughs> um, I don't think I talked about her debut uh, I believe in a thing called Love and I'm just gonna read the the description here because this book came out. Uh, oh God, four years ago? And yeah. I can't, I can't remember it for my life. So Desi believes anything is possible if you have a plan. Uh, that's how she became studio body president, varsity soccer star. That's how she'll get into Stanford. But she's never had a boyfriend. In fact, she's a disaster in romance. A clumsy, <laughs> stammering, humiliation magnet whose botched attempts at flirting have become legendary. Uh, so when the hottest human specimens have ever lived walks into her life, she decides to tackle her flirting failures with the same zest she's applied to everything else. Uh, and she finds guidance in the Korean dramas her father has been obsessively watching for years. <laughs> And I love the fact that it uses K-drama to help her uh, navigate her love life. Have you, have you read Maureen's books? Yes. Maureen K-ish. and I were actually yeah. at um, – we were at Emerson College at the same time. Um, so I um, – yes, I'm a big fan and I love her books. That's fantastic. You know, that reminds me of that story about how that author I worked with back at Quirk, when he was at Emerson, I think you were his RA? Probably. Brian McGackin? I know, yes! I know Brian McGackin. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, publishing is that right? small sometimes. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what's another, and Brian's book is called Bro Tree. 
by the way. Everyone yes. should read it. It is hilarious. Um, and yeah, what about, uh, what about you, Katie? What's another pick from you? Um, so my next pick is uh, Zan Romanoff's Grace and the Fever. Zan is the, the other person who dedicated a book to Taylor Hansen in uh, the year 2017. Um, so there is a very special, besides me, um, so there is a very special place in my heart for her and for this book, um, which is about a girl and her uh, encounter with a sort of One Direction-esque boy band. Zan writes about the female gaze so interestingly, and she has such a mastery of like the precise and specific vernacular of fandom and what it feels like to just love a band so much. That was a book that like made me feel very seen. And I feel like if you are a person who like if in particular if you liked fireworks, Grace and the Fever is is one that will be right up your alley. Awesome. What was that one called again? Uh, my child child was laughing while I was <laughs> Um Grace and the Fever. Grace and the Fever. I haven't heard of that one. I'm gonna have to look that up. Please do, it's wonderful. All right. And I think that's uh, I think that's our show now. Eric, so, this was uh, so fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you and, for having uh, me. Thanks to uh, today's sponsors for making the show possible. Uh, you can follow me uh, at Eric Smith Rocks on both Twitter and Instagram. Katie, where can everyone find you and your your upcoming book? Yes, um, so I am Katie Katugno across all platforms, and that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Tumblr. I have a Tumblr where I reblog pictures of attractive people making out, if that's the kind of thing that you're into. Um, and then my website is katiekatugno.com. Awesome. And I think <laughs> everyone just heard Langston uh, babbling away. Hi, and, buddy. Uh, yeah, we'll see you all again next week uh, for the main podcast. Uh, until then, happy reading. <laughs>